1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Celtic's proposed test event for fans this weekend has been denied by the Scottish Government. There is a game in the East End tonight, though. Ferenc Varos visit in Champions League qualifying and David Turnbull misses Mullerwell training as speculation about his future grows. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight, Jim Duffy and Mark Weedy. As you said, uh, Gordon, a disappointment for, for Celtic and for football in general because we thought this might be the, the trigger point for supporters being allowed back into the ground but it's been denied uh, for the time being that said still, Celtic still going about their business edging closer to the £2.5 million purchase of David Tumble we would expect that to get over the line by the end of the week and over at Ibrox Alfredo Morelos um, are Rangers going to get a buyer from are they going to get that £16, £17, £18 million pounds that they're looking for but clearly they have to get him out the door as quickly as possible. Yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, in football side, we're looking forward to that uh, Champions League match tonight, uh, Celtic against uh, Ferenc Varas. Uh, as a big jump in class from the Reykjavik game. I think uh, Neil Lennon's already said that and he wants always top players available, but it's uh, been interesting to see what the squad is. I think Alison's there tonight. She'll let mm-hmm. us know as soon as possible. So we're really looking forward to that. And it's again, it's a, it's a massive match this early into the, the new campaign and we, you know, we want all our teams to to do well in Europe, but uh, Celtic are the are the standard bearers for everyone else to follow. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. That is the number you need to get in touch tonight. So don't hang about. Let us know what's on your mind, and if you would rather tweet, then you can do that as well. You'll find us there at Clyde SSB. Quite a lot to get through this evening. Um, let's go straight to Celtic Park and get a flavour of the build up there ahead of that Champions League qualifier with Alison Conroy. Yeah, good evening, Gordon. The Ferenc Varos team have just arrived here at Celtic Park for this Champions League second qualifying round match. Remember, it is still that one-off tie. Neil Lennon knows that it will be a step up for Celtic tonight after that 6-0 win over KR Reykjavik last week. He says physically, athletically, tactically, it's a big step up looking at their Europa League results last season they never lost a game away from home so they know how to travel in this that said, Ferenc Vashos haven't actually qualified for the Champions League for about 25 years, Celtic obviously last progressed um, in 2018 bit of bit of rumours on Twitter about Odson Edward will he be fit tonight, he does have a slight thigh knock. Neil Lennon was asked about it yesterday and says he expected him to be fit for tonight's game. Um, everyone in the stadium, team-wise, is remaining pretty tight-lipped about it at the moment. But as soon as I find out, I will let you know. One to watch with interest. 0141-951-1025. Any pre-match thoughts ahead of that one, whether it be predictions, hopes, fears, team lineup suggestions, you name it, we'll take it on the phones. Or on Twitter It's kind of weird isn't it And we'll look at this game In a bit more detail As the evening progresses um, Mark and Jim But it's, this is new Everything in the world Is new at the moment But you know Having these crucial qualifiers Actually once we've had A couple of games Under our belt Domestically Albeit they're one-off ties as well Which make things Slightly different Yeah I, I've, I've got a feeling It's going to be a nervy uh, 90 minutes um, Gordon you get to this stage Of the Champions League It's a step up in quality That said you know I do believe that Celtic are better players or certainly got a much bigger budget than at home okay there's no Celtic supporters in the ground but, but it all points towards Celtic winning the game but I think it's going to be one of those Champions League qualifiers where it's a nervy 
uh, one gen, particularly if Edwards not playing, that 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 would be a huge blow um, to Celtic. But nonetheless, um, listening to Neil Lennon's appraisal of Ferenc Varas, I spoke to Stylian Petrov on the phone. He was was speaking uh, in glowing terms about Ferenc Varas as well. That said, I still expect Celtic to get it, but I don't think it's going to be easy. Jim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know enough about Venice Varus uh, now. I mean, obviously, historically, the, you know, we're always one of the kind of bigger sides. But as as Europe has changed dramatically, um, they've they've slipped out to you know be one of the top teams. But uh, from Celtic's point of view, um, you know, they they really have to have a, a, you know one of their top performances. It's really really important to get through. Um, of course, it would be massive if Edward is not available. Um, and it'd be interesting to see, you know, what uh, lineup uh, that Neil Lennon goes with tonight. Does he does he stay within charm? Does he move things back around again? He's done it uh, two or three times over the last couple of weeks. Just tweaked a couple of players. So yeah, formation and I think tonight and team selection will be pivotal if Celtic want to get through. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Give us all your pre-match thoughts ahead of the big Champions League qualifier. Uh, you can tweet them as well at Clyde SSB. We do have quite a while before that one kicks off. So let's start with the other. Um, big story doing the rounds with regards how Scottish football gets fans back inside stadia. Now, of course, this was proposed to be at Celtic Park for a game against Motherwell, um, but I'm sure fans of all clubs will have a, a take on this and what it means and um, the overall impact on Scottish football. So give us a call. We'll kick off with this. Celtic's bid to use the match against Motherwell as a test event at the weekend has been rejected by the Scottish government. Now, that's despite a rugby test event taking place on Friday night um, The proposal was You know I think between 700 to 1000 supporters In for the game Against the Steelmen But after talks Between the club And the government The plan has been um, Rebuffed Now a statement From the Scottish government And I should say We tried to get Sort of Government spokespeople Jason Leach And, and various others to, to sort of come on And, and try and um, Alleviate some of the, the, the Queries or, or answer some of the Queries people have It wasn't possible tonight So that's fine We will hopefully Get those answers at some point in the future But a statement from the government says A lot of work's gone on behind the scenes um, We recognise there is disappointment That the proposal for a pilot on the 30th of August Has not been approved But we're looking for suitable alternative dates For football pilots We need to allow sufficient time for any test events To be informed by learning from other test events In particular the rugby match at Murrayfield On the 28th of August um, What do we make of that today? I think it's it's definitely a blow. I mean, I think um, Celtic were, were quietly confident that, that we get the thumbs up. I think some other clubs um, for the fixtures on Saturday were maybe preparing uh, just in case they were given the thumbs up to get 250, 300 supporters in um, around the country uh, on Saturday. So that's not going to happen either. It probably does stick in the throat a bit that rugby are allowed to get spectators in. But what's Murrayfield? 70,000, 67, 68,000? They're getting 700 in. So are they allowing... Um, rugby ahead of, of football It looks that way um, But I suppose The kind of rugby ones Like the kind of The only one in town um, Gordon Whereas If you're singling out One football fixture Then you're, you're, you're going to get um, Gripe So look, It's disappointing But I can sort of see Where they're, they're coming from But there's more and more Pressure on to get supporters in And um, Maybe after the international break the, the, the games resume September the 12th that we might be allowed some supporters in by then. Right, that's Mark's take on it, but what do you think on the phones? 01419511025, give us a call uh, right now, Jim. What's your feeling? Yeah, I mean, I'm not too disappointed in it. I, I think that, uh, you know, whether you get a few hundred or a thousand or anything like that, you know, it's it's not really 
um, you know, significant enough for me to get too annoyed about. Uh, listen, you know, I, I think that we have to wait and see. The schools have just started back. I think that was always a priority. We've seen a couple of wee, you know, incidents, flare-ups, uh, clusters, etc. in the country. So I think that that has to maybe another two or three weeks, see how all that all goes, see if it settles back down again. And then if that happens, I think in a couple of weeks' time, I think they might start to... To, to, to look at it you know in what capacity in what levels as Mark says in which clubs is another is another thing but I think it's a it's a government debate for me and not really quite a football mm. one the, the thing about it is though Mark um, and this is why us like everyone really keen to, to find out answers from a government level or even from Celtic who are not saying anything publicly on it at the moment um, September the 14th is the proposed date for allowing limited number of fans back into stadia Mm-hmm. Now we've got an international break So we don't have league fixtures yeah. Next weekend So yeah. when is football getting its test event Before September the 14th We ha- we do have around the fixtures on the 12th, the 12th. Yeah. So is, is, 12th, it, is, it, is it do or die on, on that day Would it have been nice to have More than one test event Leading well, up to well, September the I mean, 14th To be honest What they could have done And, and maybe well, it probably is too late, but maybe not. What's to stop a, a few hundred fans into Hamden for the game against Israel next week? I think UEFA have kiboshed that. Right. Well, it needs to be then. We need to look towards September the twelfth, and hopefully something can can happen um, by then. But I do think, uh, and remember, supporters are the lifeblood of the game. If supporters don't get back in soon, a lot of our clubs are going to die. That's a fact. So I think that between the Scottish government. And the hierarchy of Scottish football There should be some kind of explanation The explanation isn't going to be what we want to hear Because you want to say it's positive and, and supporters are getting back in But I think the supporters have been building their, their hopes up All around the country this weekend Their hopes have been dashed And I think the least they deserve Is some kind of explanation And some kind of timetable mm-hmm. Not something that's set in stone But some kind of guideline That they can at least give them a bit of hope for the weeks ahead yeah, I mean, Jim, that's that's the thing Because it's it's so early And the Scottish Government haven't mm-hmm. spoken about it publicly I'll repeat what I said We, we tried to get someone to come on um, Celtic haven't gone public with anything yet either We, we don't know So you hold your hands up And there might be a perfectly legitimate explanation for it But but let, let's be honest Again, whether this is legitimate or not The bit that's sticking in football fans' throats Is the fact that the rugby can it. get it on Friday night What's the yeah, difference? Yeah, exactly I mean, but listen We could say that about a number of things Over the last few months See one business open up Another business doesn't And people can't quite comprehend that And the government will say Well, they can't do everything You know, and, and again, I get that And I think that that September the, 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 the 14th date I think was... You know, presuming or assuming that everything was going smoothly, there was no hiccups along the way. So there has been one or two little hiccups. I said, so for me, if you know, if we have to wait another few weeks, then it's better to do that and make sure that uh, it's not stop start. And I think if we do that in a couple of weeks' time and we manage to get a few people in, then hopefully the next time they do it, a few more, and then by the end of the year. You know, we're not back to you know normal. We know that's mm-hmm. not going to be the case, but a significant number in men. All right, let's speak to Kevin, who is an Aberdeen fan from Dalry, but clearly interested in in this situation and what it means f- for everyone. Kevin, what what's your reading of that breaking story today? I think it's, un- it's unfair. You can't have a test event for the rugby and not have a test event for the football. You either have a test event for both, or don't have a test event for either. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the again, and this is all we've got to go on at the moment. I keep repeating myself. Um, the the statement, the, the the acknowledgement, if you like, Kevin, from the Scottish government in a statement today says, 
We need to allow sufficient time for any test events To be informed by learning from other events In particular, the rugby match at Murrayfield on 28th of August So, you know, reading into that That's as if the, the Murrayfield is the test And then football has to learn from that From what you're saying, do you find that a bit strange? Would it, would it not be better to, to test football in a, in a football environment? Yeah, uh, it's, it's just they go at this exact same scenario for the driving test. They're, they're getting to do them in England, but you're not getting to do them in Scotland until now. Uh, but it's then you've got a total different atmosphere than the rugby to the football, and then the people that are going to the football won't be going to rugby. So it doesn't matter about the numbers. I appreciate the wanting to get the feedback from the test events, but. You can't penalise uh, every sport for the sake of one sport. It's like they they, they only allowed 200 uh, people to go and knock out this weekend for the touring cars. Yet it can, it's outdoors and can take about 30,000. Yeah, Mark, like I say, reading... Kevin makes the... Sort of sums up how a lot of people are feeling about this Because the, the government have answered it in, in part in the statement To say well you know we need to learn from other test events And in particular the one at Murrayfield I'm not sure that will satisfy all football fans Who say okay but why is that the test event If we've got a full league We've got a full premiership that's just getting up and running mm-hmm. With teams all you know the length and breadth of the country Why not have your if, if it's one test event that you want to kick it off with Why not make it a football test event Yeah and <laughs> Well, we are. We're, we're guessing, Gordon, but we're not being funny. And, and I don't think that's, in my opinion, for football supporters up and down the country, that uh, that statement that you've read out doesn't cut it with me. There should be more. There should be more information. So, whether the uh, footballing authorities at the SFA and the SPFL are in dialogue with the government now to get some more answers or to see, and I'm, and I'm not suggesting there's anything untoward going on. I don't mean that at all. But what I'm saying is, give the supporters information. That's what they want. Mm-hmm. They've been built up thinking there's going to, there's a glimmer of hope this weekend. It's been taken away from them. They deserve an explanation, something more detailed than that. And I would prefer the explanation to come from our own governing bodies rather than the government. Um, well, it's a government decision, though. So yeah, but it, I'd rather, I'd rather our joint response group yeah, yep. get and, and information maybe, from our the government and then relay it more in, in, in footballing terms for our supporters. Um, Jim, again, perceptions are wonderful. And confusing thing Because it, it might not be legitimate mm. And I would fully expect In fact I hope That the Scottish Government Would be able to convince people That it's nothing to do with this at all mm-hmm. But perception is important And yeah. take a look at social media today There is a perception Amongst football fans That they don't get a fair Crack of the whip Yeah well, I don't I, I've never thought that Football is a fair crack of the whip about Just about anything You know if, as I said before If, it, if a, one footballer steps out of line Or the absolutely hope The whole You know football um, You know People, everyone connected with football gets gets slaughtered for it. You know the role models or this or that. When it, you know rugby, it's, it's different. Not not just rugby. You know many other sports. And I think this is the thing we've got to look at. It's not we don't just have two sports in this country. There's lots and lots of different sports who would all be crying out for test events for their sport. So obviously we see seen it recently in the mm. snooker where it was cancelled and then it, you some know, for the final wasn't it? I think yeah. it was something like that. Uh, you know, and that was indoor. So I think I think having outdoor sports, you would think it'd be. Less risk, yeah. but the the bottom line is, I think you know somewhere along the line we have to have a test event. So I, I again, as I said, I don't have a big issue whether it's rugby or football, and I, I totally get Kevin's point that there is a different kind of, if you want to call it, mentality with the supporters. But for me, have a look at it. 
let's assess it. Let's see how it goes, and hopefully, um, there is there is no issues. You know, not not uh, you know, everyone's healthy and positive, and it all goes really well. And then we can look forward to mm-hmm. it. I, I I still think that you know we have to really tiptoe through this situation just at this moment in time. We can't get never attacky boots on because if we do, you know, all takers. Know something to happen, maybe it doesn't, you know, it doesn't quite work, and then all of a sudden, bang, we shut it, mm. shut it down again. That be, that could be for months. What do you think? You Kevin? mentioned the Stuka, mm-hmm. the Crucible Indoor Arena, nine hundred mm. capacity, and allowed three hundred yeah. to an indoor mm. arena. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Kevin, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I genuinely think that the point about all the different sports. I mean, they've got the numbers saying about seven hundred for rugby, and it's uh, the size of what Murrayfield is, but if you I know I'm kind of going off of it, but if you look at the size of Knock Hill, it's about three times the size of Murrayfield, and they're only, they're only allowing 200 people in. Yeah, I mean, th- I think that 200 is... 200 more than football's getting allowed mm-hmm. in. Yeah, there are two ways of looking at that, aren't there? That's the whole point. We're getting none, absolutely none yet, and we'd love, I'm sure some 200 would be a start. Absolutely. Um, I suppose we really are comparing apples and oranges now, though, um, which is difficult. Hopefully we'll find out a bit more um, in the coming days. But thanks to Kevin and Dilray uh, for kicking us off. Let's get the take of um, Michael and Denny. Hi, Michael. Hi, Gordon. Hi, Jim. Hi, Mark. Great Hi, show, guys. Thank you, Michael. Hi, uh, uh, so my point is that I was on my way back from a local restaurant with my wife just then, and I'd said to her, you know, it's more dangerous actually sitting in a restaurant than it is these proposed test events. Getting a thousand people into a sixty thousand stadium isn't such a danger when you've you've got restaurants opening, cinemas opening, and they're talking about opening soft playing swimming pools. So, I mean, to actually knock a thousand people back for a, a sixty thousand stadium. That's a disappointing factor. I think a true test event would be when you've actually coming into a stadium. I mean, that's a, that's a proper test event. I, I can't see how, how classing a thousand people going into a 60,000 stadium, you know, being, being that dangerous in comparison mm-hmm. to sitting in a restaurant that's, you know, they say one metre rules and things like that. But you're, you're brushing by, well, not intentionally yeah. brushing by people, but you know, it's, yeah. I think it's I think it's far more dangerous going to a restaurant than it would be having a thousand people in a sixty thousand stadium. Well, this is the thing you completely understand that from Michael because you know what we're all going through that at the moment. There's certain things you can do and certain mm-hmm. things you can't, and that's you know that's above certainly above my pay yeah. grade anyway. Um, but as things stand, we don't know if it's been deemed unsafe. We just know that it's been rejected. Mm-hmm. You know, is it mm-hmm. is that on health grounds? Is it on safety grounds? Is there another reason for it? That's what that's what we want. That's what we yeah. want to know. If, I mean, they, if if the science that's that phrase, isn't it? <laughs> if the science tells us we cannot have a football test event at the weekend, which would be surprising because we can have a rugby test event, <laughs> um, then fine. But but you know these are the answers that people want. No, I think as I said before, unfortunately we don't. We'd all love to see uh, a group of supporters in, and, and Michael makes the point of a thousand people in a huge stadium. Yeah, it should be safe, but uh, nevertheless we still have to take baby steps. And these are the things we're going to have to gradually, you know, get there and slowly, you know. So as a th- eventually there will be a thousand people. If, if the rugby goes right, the next time it will be in football. There might be a couple of two or three events. The stadiums. They might say okay. Whatever your capacity is, it might be a percentage or something like that. Who knows? But either way, it'll be gradual. And then if that works for a little while, they'll add a little bit and add a little bit. And, and I think that I think that's the way it will happen, whether we like it or not. And it will take 
a significant amount of time, a few months at least, um, may, may, maybe several months, and even by the end of this season, I'd still be amazed if we had anything, you know, close to even a third capacity in stadiums. Yeah, I agree with you, Jim. There's, there's, there's mm. well, I don't think we'll reach, mm. like for example, Rangers, Celtic, Scotland. I don't think yeah. we'll reach uh, treble figures as yeah. in more than ten thousand allowed in mm. this and uh, for the rest of twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Maybe something. Better, but in terms of 50, 60,000 full house, I don't see that happening this season at all. There could be some slight, whether this is boring detail to people or not, I don't really know, Mark. But again, in terms of things we need to find out, is it because of 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 the way things were done? You know, we have our joint response group, the Scottish FA, the SPFL's joint response group, but as far as I'm led to believe, you know, Celtic made this application on their own. Celtic sort of wanted to create the test event and, um, the Scottish government have, have rejected that. So again, is is that is that part of the issue? I'm asking. Just wait to the full time teaser. I'm asking you questions you can't answer. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just thinking out loud. I don't. Know. I'm, and, and I, you know, I hate saying I don't know because one of the first rules yeah. you're told me to never answer a question by saying don't you know. don't know because you're there to give information. You're you're there to try and give some guidance. But I generally for this one, it is all it is all guesswork. And you know, with the two callers on. I don't know what more we can add because until there's more information, particularly from our own football and authorities, we're kind of getting round in circles. All we can say is we share the disappointment yeah. as, as as media people. Jim's a football mm. manager. We share the disappointment because it was a glimmer of hope for this weekend, and it's been taken yeah. away. And Michael, the proposed date for some sort of um, fan groups back inside stadiums, September the fourteenth. We've only got one round of Premiership fixtures. After this weekend and, and before that date, would you expect to see some test events on that weekend? Yeah, well, I would hope so. And, and just like everyone's saying, I just think, particularly because these are outdoor arenas, and you know, you've got pubs, you've got people going to pubs now. And I mean, it's just a far, far riskier, and 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 even the science would tell you it's far riskier having having people in pubs, restaurants, all the rest of it, than getting a thousand people. Spread out in such a large arena. I mean, I, I just think because it's, it's obvious that they're going to do the the very small attendances and then kind of build it up. And I think that's a disappointing mm. thing about this this week is the fact that because we are going to start with a very small attendance going into the stadiums, this is going to be delayed and delayed and delayed. And I agree with the panel. I, I mean, I'd be surprised if we get anywhere near a full attendance in a stadium. I mean, even even up until. February, March next season, yeah. uh, next year. Sorry. All right, that was Michael and Denny. Thank you very much. It's zero one four one nine five one one zero two five. We'll have more of your calls after the travel, and we are fast approaching team news from Celtic Park as well. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call zero one four one nine five one one zero two five. Clyde One Super Scoreboard Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy here with me Gordon Duncan on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Breaking team news from Celtic Park and it's big Alison Conroy Yeah it is indeed we did wonder and Odson Edward does not make it for Celtic tonight he is out completely not even on the bench for this one it will be Ryan Christie who will start up front for Celtic for this Champions League second qualifying round tie tonight it's three changes from the team um, that played Dundee United at the weekend so it will be Vasilis Barkas in goal a back four of Mohamed Elhamid 
um, Chris Julian, Chris Iyer and Greg Taylor. Then it'll be Scott Brown and Callum McGregor sitting with the three of James Forrest, Olivia Incham and Mohamed Ilianusi. Ryan Christie, as I said, as the lone striker. On the bench for Celtic tonight, Bain, Beaton, Ayeti, Klamala, Soro, Frimpong and Harper. So the big news at Celtic Park is no Odson Edward for Celtic tonight. Massive game in Champions League qualifying and the main man is out. Celtic fans, what do you make of that? It looks like um, Ryan Christie uh, will lead the attack. A Yeti on the bench, not surprising because he's not up to match speed, but Klamala, who is, is fit and there and is a striker, also uh, on the bench. What do you make of that as well? Um, how does this affect your pre match confidence? Maybe it doesn't, by the way. Maybe you think that Celtic will have more than enough without Edward. That's fine as well. Let us know what you think. 01419511025. How big a blow, Jim? It's an absolutely massive blow. You're not an underestimate. How big it is I mean he's, he's He's the top player I mean there's no doubt about it We know about Scott Brown's influence And McGregor we, we understand these These type of players But in terms of Goal scoring You know You know Just the, you know how, how pivotal they is You know Link up play Movement Space he creates For other players And also You know The, the doubt He puts in the opposition They would have done Their homework And they would have been Really worried about Edward and I think when you you if you're Fenris Varus and you look and you, you realise at the last minute he's not playing, that has got to give the opposition confidence. There's no doubt about that. It's a massive blow uh, for Celtic and one that will you know not only dent the confidence of the supporters for the Celtic team when they go out there knowing that their talisman is not in the pitch. And with the greatest respect, if it is Ryan Christie that operates as the number nine tonight, he's a he's a top player, but he's not a top centre forward because that's not his natural position and one thing it just hammers home again and I'm sure it'll be suckling in Neil Lennon's mind for today when he realise that Edward is out is the frustration and anger that he will feel about Lee Griffiths' current situation in, in terms of that's that really comes back to bite you Gordon when you don't keep yourself in proper shape and it also as well it throws into doubt what kind of quality is is Klimala now he's not just arrived you can understand me a yeti he's just arrived but Klimala's been there for 8 months now that's why you buy players in January for, for this preparation time. I know it's been interrupted by by COVID, but okay, now it could well be to give Klamala the benefit of the doubt that having watched Ferenc Varos and, and got their information on them, that maybe they feel Christie's a, a better bet. But I think if you are Klamala, you should be taking a right good look at yourself when a guy who is not a natural number nine is getting ahead of you into the team. And once again, it could throw questions over that kind of signing policy of operating round about that and I know that's Celtic's bracket but it just goes to show that you know it doesn't always work out yeah a few different questions a few different points to delve into and we will do that but let's hear from you what do you make of that breaking team news from Celtic Park no odds on Edward what does that do for your pre-match thoughts um, what about the fact that Ryan Christie has taken his place in attack is that the right call would you have done something different you tell us right now 01419511025 here's Neil Lennon probably second you know and obviously the priorities are in the league so it's really important to us and you know I think it's something that the players really want to try and negotiate as well but you know Fan Varos had a very good some very good results in the Europa League you know pretty comfortable win against Stuttgarten so yeah, I expect this to be a really tough game for us. You know, it's early to get a, a team of this quality, and you know, even Jurgarten would have been you know decent quality as well. So we're excited by it, though. We're looking forward to the game, and I think we've prepared as as best we can for it. I've got some new players in the building as well, obviously, but um, you know, we've got a team and a squad full of international players, and 
you know, I think the Europa League run hopefully will stand them in good stead, you know, by giving them a taste of what they could have going forward. Ultimately, we want to play in the Champions League. It's the Blue Ribbon event. And, um, but we know that these ties are very difficult to negotiate. Jim, what do you read into the fact that Ryan Christie plays up there as opposed to perhaps Patrick Clamalla? I don't think a Yeti's a surprise, is it? He's not no. much, much sharp to, you know, to start a game yet. No, I mean, I think, I mean, listen, as Mark says, it could be tactical. They may well have looked, I mean, they would have obviously got the reports and done their, done their homework on to how, how Finnish Varus play. And they may feel that they want someone to link the play up a little bit, come towards the ball a little bit more, draw players out to leave space for Elanusi and Forrest and, 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 and the likes of that. And and Christie, obviously, you know, is that is maybe that type of player because he's used to playing in that kind of number 10 role. So... You know, we, we hear all these phrases nowadays and, 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 and that kind of false number nine and that's probably, if you want to call it, typifies what he's maybe looking at from Ryan Christie. Whereas Klamala's a boy that, that well, in the short time that he's been on the pitch, looks as if he wants to play on the shoulder and get in behind. And and perhaps, the, the you know, said before, looked at that and thought there's not going to be that type of space. So we look for someone to try and draw players towards the ball. So listen, it could be tactical. And if, if Celtic get... <laughs> A positive result A win And that's what matters Because it's only the one leg Then It's justified mm. So you know the, the, You know you can you can have your views on it But ultimately um, With the result Determines whether it was the right call or not Well let's get the views of Jerry On the line Jerry No Edward A concern or not uh, I think so yeah um, This is uh, As Mark was saying I think this is This is a, an iffy tie um, You know For for sort of 10 or 15 minutes Into the second half And there's no scoring I think it'll just get worse. Um, but what, what I was phoning about was I was querying this time last week for the, you know, the Brown and McGregor holding midfield thing. But I'm I'm not happy with this formation as well. Um, Matt's quite right about Clamalla. Um, if he can't get in front of of Christie, then he's got to be looking at himself. Is exactly what Matt said. But what also I would like to say is the about a month, maybe six weeks ago, um, Lennon was talking about. Griffiths has returned and he's, he's out of shape and he's overweight, etc. And as little as ten or twelve days later, I've never seen him in better shape. He's, you know, he's buzzing, he's this and he's that. Now we haven't actually seen him since he said those words. So how far down or how, how far out the picture is Griffiths? Again, not even in nine. Well, I, I don't know. Is there seven or nine on the bench tonight? Seven. Uh, Allison say seven. Seven. Right. So he's not even near, near there again. And um, Christie. He had a lot of shots uh, against Dundee United coming in from the right wing. Uh, I don't know, he's almost playing a, a role that Lo, uh, that uh, Lewis Morgan was, was asked to play against Rangers in one of his last games, but I think it's a bit unbalanced, to be honest. Mm. I mean, Jim, the, this is all. This is a compliment to Odson Edward, it's mm. because he's such an important mm. player. This is not to say that Celtic definitely cannot cope without him, and in fact, mm. as, as Jerry mentioned, Lewis Morgan not only did it against... Rangers He did it against Wren If mm. memory serves right In the Europa League mm. And Celtic were fine that night Yeah I mean listen You know I've said before It's, it's only After the game You can truly um, You know You know Justify You know Whether you, you were You know The manager was right Or or you can criticise But um, you know As far as As Lee Griffiths is concerned I mean listen You know The manager may well have Thought Oh wait a minute I've been a bit harsh on him publicly So now's the time to to give him a little boost 
try and try and put the arm back round him again to say, listen, you're looking good, and I'll put that out there as well. So there's a little bit of a you know managerial psychology mm. sometimes. You know, with players that that's not always you know perfect in terms of the information that goes out to the supporters. So you know, as Jerry, you know, was looking at it there, I, I wouldn't say everything you hear or, or read. Is going to be a hundred percent. Sometimes it's done for the benefit of the player. Yeah. It's not worked at this moment in time for, for Lee Griffiths for one reason or another. But I think you have to focus on the players that are available. You know, mm-hmm. Edwards not available. Griffiths is not available. There's no point in worrying about it. Is it Clamalla or is it Christie? He's went with Christie. For me, I think it has to be tactical. And as I explained a few minutes ago, uh, Jerry, what would you have done? Have you seen enough of Clamalla where you would say, "Yep, I I would have put him in tonight," or would would you have gone Christie instead? No, he looks a wee bit too lightweight. Um, it's just one of the, the raft of the Celtic of ball over the last few years with, with Skepovic and for him and even Chifty is they're just too lightweight. They're not Celtic class and he's not really had an awful lot of time. So I, I don't want to condemn him just now, but um, he doesn't look he doesn't look up to it. And as Mark says again, um, if he's been here that length of time. Surely there's been enough. I know people have said he's built up and things like that. So clearly, it doesn't look like there's been enough to, to to get him the nod tonight. Yeah, um, I mean, Mark. In terms of you know what the club can do to avoid these situations, sometimes sometimes you've got a bit. There's, there's a bit of luck, and, and timing is everything. In two weeks' time, a yeti starts the game tonight, mm-hmm. doesn't he? So it's, yeah. you know, there's, there's sometimes only so much you can do. It is, but, but, but we're talking about a, a game here that is, is part of a journey towards £25 million. And a lot's riding on it for, for Neil Lennon and his players and the Celtic supporters financially because if Celtic into the Champions League financially, they're, uh, listen, they're, they're fine anyway, I would imagine, but you're absolutely fine. If you don't get into the Champions League and people are sniffing around Edward, and there are people sniffing around, around Edward, there is a temptation then to go and sell to make up that money. Celtic didn't get into the Champions League last season. What happened? Ian Tierney left for 25 million quid So there's that That, 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 that goes into the whole mix Now I just say that When Neil Lennon found out today Or maybe last night That Edward wasn't going to make it I, I would bet that that, that uh, Lee Griffiths And that frustration again Came back in I think he's got a calf injury Just now or something like that But that said For him not to come back In, in proper condition Not to be looking after himself properly And it must have been serious For, for the manager to lacerate him uh, You know the, the, the way that he did uh, in public and, and I think that's just a, a real sore one for Celtic tonight thank Mar- you sorry Mar- he's just doing Clamalla though I mean was it three million pounds he was brought for yeah. right, I mean in Scottish football that is a lot of money I mean yeah. I know for Celtic's point of view it's a if you want to call it no, it's not it's not huge I mean it is a lot of money but it's one it's still one of the top you know mm-hmm. uh, fees paid so you would you would think that um, you know if you're paying that type of money um, you know, mm. and and there's the the two. If you want to call it the two strikers that were in front of you are not available, mm. you, you would definitely think that that you would be you would be in line, and he must be bitterly disappointed. The boy not getting odd. Thank you to Jerry in Erskine. Mick is not too bothered on Twitter. He says if it's not going to plan, we've got plenty of options in the bench. Andrew says it will be a canter regardless. Mm. And uh, Ryan's just trying to remind himself what Lewis Morgan did leading the line against Wren. So still plenty of optimism out there. Thomas and Kosaif says he's bemused though, and we'll speak to him next. 0141-951-1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi are here. One hour to kick off between Celtic and Ferenc Varos 
in Champions League qualifying If you've got thoughts on that Or anything else There might be something completely different on your mind Why not get in touch with the guys 01419511025 A lot of reaction coming into Celtic's team tonight though Because there is no odds on Edouard Thomas and Colsaith What do you think? I'm just 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 I'm uh, to go in and, and it might well be He's needed for the last 20 minutes He can go off and turn it He will be confident When he gets onto the pitch After his winning goal On Saturday night But um, you know I think I think it's a right decision Given the lack of game time The lack of training the, the, Even just the lack of understanding At the moment With his teammates it, It's a right call Not to start them But I wouldn't be surprised If he's still got a big A big part to play Is it the right call To not start Klamala I don't know if I got a definitive From you on on that one, I know you think no, I, it says a lot about where he is, but yeah, I think I think if I'm Klamala, I'm going to be really, really disappointed. And you know, if if he's a guy who's kind of honest with himself, then he'll take a right good look in the mirror and think I'm clearly well off the pace at this club. I need to get myself moving for for whatever reason he has to to up his game because if you're supposedly billed as a number two striker uh, at the moment and you can't get in when the number one striker goes out, then it should be raising alarm bells. Is that the way you see it, Thomas? I I just I just hope this result doesn't go back to honest. I just I just hope we get the right result tonight because if we don't get the right result tonight, I, I don't know what'll happen. I, I just I just thought the debate we should have pulling your striker up for another. Man, no at all. Yeah, I mean Celtics are still massive favourites for the game, Jim, and they've got yeah. you know a lot of options all over the pitch. Um, does the fact that it's one leg does that does that in Intensify any worry That would be out there About Edouard Because sometimes you think Oh well, right It's not ideal um, No We can We can do better next week If need be No I actually think it helps You think it helps Yeah I, I do Because um, You know I think if If, if you know, let's just say Celtic won one nil. You know, you're going away to you know a very precarious away fixture. Um, you know, and I think that would be. But if they won one nil tonight, they're through. So for me, it's just about getting through. Um, like any cup competition, it's about being in the hat for the next round. And you don't always have to beat your best. You just have to know you have the know how. And I think Celtic do have the know how. And I think that um, for me, I would be more a little bit more concerned. About defensively Making sure they're rock solid at the back Don't give Venezuela's an opportunity To get themselves in front And then sit in mm-hmm. and, you know, So I think Concentration will be vital at the back Because although they don't have a natural striker There is still plenty of goals in that team you know, And I think if you look at you know, Elanusi, Forrest And Cham, Christie you know, And as well as the, the centre-backs for set plays I think that uh, there's still goals in Celtic And I, I said I think it might just be a slightly different way of playing um, I think you're spot on Jim That's probably why mm-hmm. for example Frimpong's not playing Because mm-hmm. he likes to go forward he, mm-hmm. he can sometimes get lost in the moment And forget about his defensive mm-hmm. duty Which is fine I'm not criticising for that But an El Hamed and, mm-hmm. and, and Julian And, and Ayer is going to be a back three Possibly a four But you've got first and foremost guys Whose first thoughts are to defend And I think you're mm-hmm. absolutely right Make sure you're keeping a clean sheet mm-hmm. and, and build from there I mean Thomas On Albion Ajeti Forgive me Give or take a couple of minutes Here or there But I think he's played about 135 minutes Of football In 2020 And we're about to head into September So is that not A good enough reason To leave him out? 
Yes, I was. It was just. Uh, I was just. Uh, I was obviously like to get a thinker up front, but you know, I mean, if it, if we get through, obviously we were all both got the team like Christie and Forrest, you know, you um, So I, I think we, I was just a wee bit annoyed that we that we didn't hear thinker up front. That was all. Are you the same as the guys, Thomas? Do you think this is a a bit of a statement to Patrick Clamalla as to where he is and, and and what the future might hold for him? Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, if, if, if Frank Christie can get in before Kamala and other players can get in before Kamala, uh, I, I just think if Kamala needs to have a, a good relationship, I'm no Griffiths, and I don't think Griffiths will play again, to be honest. I just don't think he will. Go and see from, uh, sorry, from, from Alison's uh, you know, information, they're looking at a lineup of back four, but as Matt said there, you know, is there no suggestion they'll go with the yeah, three? Yeah, I think I think uh, that's definitely a possibility. Wait, wait, Ella Nussi. Perhaps even playing with Christie. more central with Christie. So uh, then you would. What, so what does that look like? Well, you've got Forrest, Forrest and Taylor, and Taylor as the wing backs, and then you've got your three in midfield with Cham, McGregor, and, and Brown. Um, and so I, El Hamed, Julian, Ayer as a back three. Yeah, as your back yeah. three. So Is that I'm more just, like, more likely in your mind? Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, again, you know, it's one of those situations. He's got the options. I mean, he could start off the four and then just tweak it to to the three. But um, again, we we don't have the homework done on Fenish Varis as Celtic would have done. It depends on how they, they set up. If they're a, a side that, um, if you want to call it, sit with a low block really deep, you might think, I need wing backs and I can afford you know, to, to, to go with that three at the back there. Um, if they're a team that play high up the pitch, you tend to think, well, I'll play with wingers because they can make those diagonal runs off the flank. Uh, in behind fullback, so it just depends on how they finish Varus. Uh, uh, what kind of system they play? I know I'm, just, I'm just taking a note, Gordon. 26th of August, 6:52 p.m. Jim mm-hmm. Duffy mentions low block. <laughs> He's getting up with the modern techno, the modern terminology. I love it. Well, I've actually used a false number nine as well, <laughs> so yeah. but yeah. not because I would use it. It's because that's what other people use these days. So I'm having to, I'm having to get, I'm having to get down with the kids. He'll be coming in here doing a PowerPoint presentation next week. <laughs> Don't scoff. It's 2020. Get with the times. Paul says on Twitter. Paul Wilkie, three strikers on the bench. Mm-hmm. He starts a midfielder up front, but at home. And we should be playing a natural striker. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it signifies lack of ambition or anything, Jim, in, in an attacking sense. It's just clearly Neil Lennon feels that those guys have got the skill set because you know, the, well, they're bo- if if it's one of them, if it's just Christie or if it's Christie and El Yunusi, both quick, yeah, both pretty comfortable at you know, sort of laying the ball off and, and, and tidying off in possession. They're not Odds and Edward, obviously, no. but. You know. Well, as Mark had pointed out earlier on, you know, I mean, you're, 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 you're playing a guy who's not a natural striker, so you've got natural. I think when you don't have strikers, I think that's the, the thing. I mean, obviously, in the past, Mikey Johnson plays a centre forward, as you mentioned, Lewis Morgan. Um, you know, the, the, obviously, if you're, you know, many other clubs, uh, you know, choose to play without a striker at times. Um, but, you know, Celtic have, have went down with with this formation, as a, and, you know, we've said it again, you know, the. The proof will be in the result if they get the positive mm. result. That's all that matters. And sometimes you ask players who are good players, and don't get me wrong. Listen, I've got no doubt that Ryan Christie can play that, but he's a clever, you know, intelligent footballer. So you know, being asked to do something, they'll have worked on it a couple of days. Yeah. I've got no doubt he will do a good job. But listen, state the obvious, he's not odds and Edward. We specialise in jumping to conclusions in this part mm. of the world. So I'll. I'll I won't jump to one, but I'll float the idea. Mm-hmm. Can you do you take enough from tonight's omission of Patrick Clamalla uh, to suggest that you know like, that 
says I'm, I'm a lot, a, you know, a really big statement about his future as in Celtic. Because Neil Lennon mentioned last week, did he not, about still trying to get another striker, which yeah. surprised a few people because you're, you're you're adding them up, you're doing the arithmetic, and you're saying Edward, Ayeti, Klamala, Griffiths, mm-hmm. one more. Well, at the moment, if, if you're Neil Lennon, you, you don't want to be taking the chances. In this season of all seasons, we know for obvious reasons. So if you're looking at Klamala, he's had particularly he's now had six weeks to assess him since that, but. He clearly, for one reason or another, he he's got he's got doubts about Klamala and the contribution that he can make over the course of the next ten months. For Lee Griffiths, there's doubts about what he can contribute over the the, the next ten months. So yeah, if you, if you're Neil Lennon, you'll be doing everything you can to get the board to support you to get another striker. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion online. The Scottish slash football. All right, beat the pundit time. Your chance to win a signed ball. But before you do that, you have to phone 0141 951 1025. Then you get put through, hopefully. Then you get to answer more questions right than Jim or Mark, and the signed ball is yours. It's that simple. The lines do close at 7, though, so be quick. 0141 951 1025. Beat the pundits next. Tackle the headlines. 0141 951 1025. Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard. Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We're building up to kick off at Celtic Park, where Celtic will have to get past Ferenc Varos without Odson Edward. No place for him in the squad this evening. Um, fans of all clubs are really getting involved in this debate about the test event. We have, I say, we Scottish football, Celtic and Motherwell. They've had the the test event proposed for this weekend knocked back by the Scottish Government in terms of getting fans in what do you make of that and anything else because you know what it's midweek sometimes it's a bit of a quiet day on the news front for your team but there might be something that's on your mind that you want to discuss with the guys so give us a shout 01419511025 and we'll do that after we do this Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion online thescottishsun.co.uk slash football Beat the pundit time though Let's meet tonight's contestant His name is Nick And he's from Airdrie How's it going Nick? Ah, not too bad mate How you going on? Not too bad at all uh, you feeling confident? I don't know Just I was on about a year ago And I get beat So hopefully I can uh, put that right tonight I've noticed this Mark Weedy I think it takes people About a year to get over it I think we've had a couple well, of people to, on To be honest I've not got over Listening to Gordon Dale last night How funny honest was it? To God. Oh I texted Roger and he said, Whoa, what is going on? Obviously, some of these answers were just you know, unbelievable. Do you know the thing is, right? And it pains me to say it. He, sometimes he's not that daft, and actually, he wins on Beat the Pundit more often than not, and he's decent at the teaser, but he'll just have these moments, and once it starts going wrong, it goes really, really wrong. Um, what was it? He had Gattuso at Rangers in 2006. 2006. Oh, no, you're that. No, um, he, was, he was winning the World Cup. Really, he had, uh, oh, there was various ones there. Hopefully, it's a bit more straightforward tonight. Uh, Nick, I'm going to toss the coin. Heads, you're up against Mark. Tails, you're up against Jim. And it's Tails, Jim Duffy, against Nick from Airdrie. Happy with that, Nick? Nice. All the best. Oh, no, he didn't have a choice anyway. So let's, let's, see what he, let's see what Jim can come up with. I'm going to give him. Something else to listen to though first Just so that he doesn't know what you're saying I've got the questions in front of me 30 seconds on the clock Nick And your time starts now In what year did Scotland last qualify for a European Championship? Uh, pass Who scored more Rangers goals? Tori Andre Flo or Billy Dodds? Uh, Billy Dodds In what year did Lionel Messi make his Argentina debut? Uh, pass Which Scottish side play their home games at Station Park? Pass Claudio Canigia joined Dundee from which club? 
Tough. I pass. Who was Celtic club captain in 2003? Tom Boyd. Okay. Let's bring Jim Duffy back. Jim, can you hear us? Yes. Tough tonight, by the way. <laughs> really tough, I think. Ready? Yep. In what year did Scotland last qualify for a European Championship? Ooh. 96 Who scored more Rangers goals Tori Andre Flo Or Billy Dodds I've got to go for my wee pal Dodds In what year did Lionel Messi Make his Argentina debut oh, 2010 Which Scottish side Play their home games At Station Park Four for Claudio Canigia Joined Dundee From which club Oh pass I should know that really wouldn't I? Who was the Celtic <laughs> club Captain in 2003 Jack Manamara Which side Won the Europa League On Friday um, Seville Okay Nick 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 Talk to me Where did it go wrong? <laughs> Everywhere Everywhere All the passes More passes than Xavi uh, Right let's find out In what year did Scotland last qualify For a European Championship It was 96 yeah. Hurts to say that doesn't it Euro 96 um, 1-0 to Jim And uh, Nick passed Which really set the tone for the evening Nick didn't it? Uh, who scored more Rangers goals Tori Andre Flo Or Billy Dodds This is mischievous From producer Dan You both went Billy Dodds Who scored one fewer Than Tori Andre Flo Billy Dodds 34 Tori Andre Flo 35 So it's still 1-0 to Jim In what year did Lionel Messi Make his Argentina debut It was 2005 uh, None of you got it Still 1-0 to Jim Which Scottish side Play their home games At Station Park For for 2-0 to Jim Um you, were you the Dundee manager that signed Claudio? No, no, I didn't. I didn't think so, but I thought that would have been that, that would have been right up there. Right, it was Atalanta. Mm. I think that's tough, producer Dan. Uh-huh. Mark Weedy, you written it down? Oh, fair play. I thought that was tough. I knew that was say, but I wouldn't have got Atalanta. I even didn't know that. Right, it's two 0 uh, after five questions. Nick, you need this one. This was your last question. You need it to avoid the whitewash. Who was Celtic club captain in two thousand and three? You went Tom Boyd. It sounds good. But it was Paul Lambert I'm afraid Which means it's a zero Nick No matter what happens Jim Duffy went on An easy one As well You would have got this I'm sure Seville won the Europa League Three to Jim Nick and Airdrie It is a big Fat zero Hard lines No worries Trying a year's time again Nick Nick. That's it DL's on Tuesday And Thursday's Nick We'll speak to you This time next year Uh, Do you know what It is a lot harder though When seeing the pressure's on I'm cutting Nick some slack And the good thing is I genuinely don't have A surname for Nick So I can't completely Out him to all these pals In Airdrie Um, They were hard Yeah I think so Yeah yeah, I mean, was, when you're going yeah. dates, I mean, all the way back to 2003. Yeah. I don't know, producer on. Dan. Sometimes you just get. He's I like those ones. I'm, I'm in, I like those Aye. ones, Dan. He's That's a good. geek, though. He's a football geek, that guy. Through there, look at him. Just, just a, a normal normal geek. Not really a football <laughs> geek, just a geek. <laughs> um, I mean, Atalanta, that's a good shout from you, Mark Weedy. I'm impressed with that. And by the way, I thought, I don't, I, and I did get 2005 for Messi. As well, but I had Billy Dodds. I'd never ever have backed just one more. Yeah. I, I, I'd never. I, I thought. Tori Andre Flo I didn't. I wouldn't have even thought he'd get 15 goals for Rangers never mind 35 so that one really got me a goal per million <laughs> yeah there we go that was about half a, half. what we got a, a 300 million. grand 300 grand a goal or something was it I don't know my arithmetic's not like yeah, that you're about right yep, 300 grand that's fine 01419511025 that's the number you need Twitter is at Clyde SSB as well like I say the, the topics today are obvious because Celtic are playing Champions League qualifying tonight a test event has been turned down today um, David Turnbull as well That situation looks like it's getting closer He didn't train for Mullow this afternoon uh, But there might be something else That's just on your mind About a left field That you want to discuss 
So feel free to do it David is a Rangers fan In Cumbernauld That probably sums it up David Bit of a quiet day If you like For, for your club um, What's on your mind? Uh, it's just the whole Varela situation It's kind of confusing me um, I don't think Rangers Have really ever been In this kind of situation before The only thing that Kind of comes to mind Is the player under uh, Cushinha that was caught on radio saying he was only at Rangers for the money or something like that. I can't remember the exact details of it. Oh and no, you, sure I think you think in Sandaza that was we that was that was before Kashinya. Uh, is that is that, was a is that the one? You, is that the one you mean, David? Yeah, that's probably what yeah. it is. Yeah, I've probably got my managers mixed that's up. Um, mm-hmm. um, the, the other thing is, I think just before the the whole coronavirus thing, uh, I'm sure we gave Morelos a new contract as well. So I would think that he's quite well piled up with the years in his contract as well. So I don't know how that would work. I think we could just maybe just keep a hold of him and no sell him if we wanted to. But obviously the new is the best, probably the best time to get the best money for for him. I'm just confused as what the whole situation is there. I just wonder if you just can clear it up, any? Yeah, I think you're right. I think the I think the last one was around March. It was hard to keep up because they handed a couple, didn't they? The, the contract it was a, a twelve month extension. No, no, sorry, it was. I think you got three new contracts within twelve months. Mm-hmm. A, a one year extension was the last one, taking them up to about twenty twenty three. I think so. Plenty of years left. Yeah, I mean, I, I think for me, and I, and I said in the program that the the, the, the the finishing line for me with Alfredo Morelos with Rangers was when he reported late ahead of the Scottish Cup tie against Hearts. You know, he was suspended for the European um, game or suspended, whatever it was. He was given a couple of days off I think, to go home and visit his mum and they abused the, the, the trust given to him, not for the first time, by the manager and letting his teammates down as well. And for me, that was the finish. I thought that at times Steven Gerrard was too lenient with him. Um, anyway, that, that was certainly something that I thought... But I hope for Rangers' sake that it doesn't come back to bite them because they have not back, I think, a touch over £16 million from Lille. Now, I think the benefit of hindsight, if they've got offered £16 million again, I think they'd bite your hand off. I'm told they're holding off uh, for for 20 But I think now, because people are looking at Morelos, they're seeing the situation, he's not on the team, they're looking at him, the shape of him, and he doesn't appear to be in prime condition, the condition that he should be in. He's got a bit of baggage with his disciplinary record. So you put all that in the equation. I think now if they can get that £16 million in, whether it's Lille or anywhere else, um, I think you, you you take it 100%. You two are fans of him. You got major stick for putting him in your team of the decade, did you not, a few months ago? So, you know, there, it's not not any sort of preconceptions or anything like that, Jim. Talk us through that, what, what you think that recruitment process will look like. Because I've heard a lot of people mentioning that, you know, clubs... Will clubs be noticing what's happening with them now? Does that devalue them? Or actually, are those decisions made, you know, some time ago? Is, is what's happening today or this week really Im- impacting things? No, well, you can occasionally, because things are forced upon you. So, for instance, Rangers have mentioned that, Stephen Gerrard's mentioned that when you get injuries, so, like, for instance, Defoe or, or if Morelos wasn't available, you might think, oh, we need to go and get someone in a hurry. It wasn't in your plans. So, therefore, sometimes you do have to take a punt quite quickly. But generally speaking, the clubs, you know, have a system where, you know, that is very, very detailed now. You know, not not just the, you know, the, the the technical qualities of the player, but the personality of the player, how many games he plays, how fit is he, you know, his attitude. They check everything out, you know, as much background on the player as they possibly can. How does he fit in it into the group, the style, the atmosphere in the dressing room, all these sort of things. So I think the homework will already been done on Alfredo Morelos. But but 
a club may well look at the situation that's happened to Rangers and think, wait a minute, if we hold on a little bit, we might be able to take mm-hmm. advantage of that. And again, that's that's normal. You know, if you if you know a club is very keen to to move a player now, which wasn't the case a month ago, then you may just think, no, we'll just this is this is the offer. We'll let it sit on the table and we'll wait and see if you come back to Give us. Give him a poker. Yeah, that is yep. a little bit, uh, Mark, and, and, and there is a bit of gamemanship there. But, yeah, I, I think everybody knows, and I think even Rangers fans who a few weeks ago were saying, oh, we cannot possibly move Alfredo Morelos out, I think a lot of them have changed mm. opinion as well, and a lot of them are feeling better to get the money in and then look to strengthen the team. Whether it's another striker, I know they've brought two in, but whether it's another one or whether it's Obviously. to strengthen the squad in general. And what do you think, David? Because he's obviously been a huge fan's favourite over his time at Ibrox. What's your gut telling you? Have you seen him for the last time? You know, I think it's always difficult when you're talking about strikers. I think strikers are always going to have a place in every fan's heart because they're the ones that get you the goals. They're the ones that create the magical moments for you. And when you're 2-0 down and then they score three goals and that's you through... Um, I'd, I'd be honest with you I just don't see Any way For him to come back Although uh, I've recently heard A certain uh, Argentinian player That was once linked to As a cert- uh, Suddenly came up Some of the Don't you start David Did you see that That caused great Amusement last night Did you see the no, The satirical piece I think it was Old Firm Facts right. If you're on Twitter You'll be familiar With the name no. um, Put an article up saying Former Rangers target Lionel Messi ah. Says he's leaving And the amount of bites it got Criminal people Oh for goodness sake I can't believe They're calling him The former Rangers t- You know it was a joke yeah. It was satire That was the point But d- you do know the story Yeah well, that yeah, with, well, that with was Steve the point. Archibald And Alec McLeish Yeah yeah, yeah that's right Well, and, and to be fair And uh, there was a wee Line in it which Our friend of the show Was quite funny You know it was talking about They've tried to get a deal For Messi But Alex McLeish Decided to sign <laughs> Alex Ray instead <laughs> <laughs> um, So I'm sure that, I'm sure that hasn't Passed Alex uh, by Um have we had David kicked off by saying he can't remember Rangers being in a situation like this? Alfredo Morelos won't be the first, isn't the first player to, you know, want to move and and have this type of debate, and he certainly won't be the last. Has there been anything? How could you liken it to anything we've experienced before? Dembele did to an extent, but it was a lot quicker, wasn't it? It was well, it was over pretty quickly. Well, for Rangers, this is the first time, not the first, but the first time in a while, I would say, Gordon, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, where they've got. That massive amount of money inside mm-hmm. for someone So they've bought It's the ideal model You bring somebody in At a million quid As Morelos cost Under under Pedro Cachina He's been superb for them at, at scoring goals He's really been a handful He's improved Okay his disciplinary record's been poor Off the pitch He's, he's let his teammates uh, Down um, Sometimes too And let his manager down But he's, he's, he's turned into an asset That you know Is between Something between 15 and 20 million At the moment I said in, in the programme Getting into the January transfer window Bearing in mind how good he was Away from home in Europe That he was a £25 million player I think he was nudging towards That kind of value Obviously Covid's come in And things will be But unsettled that But uh, from a business point of view um, It is perfect for Rangers And that's why now And even though they've brought in um, Roof and they've brought in Eaton You've got to sell Gordon And if you can get in excess Of that £15 million now um, considering the negativity that surrounded them for the past couple of weeks, then you take it and it is still fantastic business to get somebody for a million, get a right good turnout them and sell them for between 15 and 20. It is perfect. Jim, what's the most difficult sort of transfer situation you've had as a manager? Anything that, that springs to mind in terms of players who wanted to leave and there was that 
Yeah, difference of opinion. Yeah, I mean, there's, um, you know, I wouldn't want to to, to to name players because I think it's unfair on them because obviously there's a variety of situations. But there was a top player I once worked with who asked me if I would. He, he wanted he'd signed a new contract, a three year contract, um, healthy contract, and then just shortly after that wanted to leave. Um, because a big club had come in and they wanted to go there and that, that's fair enough but uh, you know the timing wasn't great and eventually asked if we could delay the kind of news that he wanted and we said yeah okay and then um, you know kind of it's one of those things where as a manager you're getting stick because you're selling one of the top players fans don't understand it they don't understand the players came and said look I want to go um, so you know yeah I mean th- 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 there is a difficulty sometimes um, we you know we have players in particular who can instigate it and and listen when top clubs come in or if it's a, a different I mean for, for instance Alfredo Morelos might just think listen my time at Rangers is, is up we don't know there's a, there's a few suggestions that he hasn't actually you know said to Rangers I want to go anywhere that he actually might be happy to stay at Rangers so we really don't know we're kind of guessing again Gordon but for the player himself um, if I think that uh, when the manager has made some of the statements he's made and he seems mm-hmm. to be strong-willed a character as mm-hmm. Steven Gerrard, mm-hmm. to me, mm-hmm. it seems as if you would suit all parties if a deal can be done. Yeah. And that's the reason why I think I think if, if, there's a, if there's a little bit of flexibility in the, in the Lille thing, I think it'll still get done. How's the forward line looking without him at the moment, David? You obviously got to look at Eton and Roof at the weekend. Roof scoring. What have you made at early signs from those two? Uh, I think Ruth is looking the better player so far, but it's really difficult to see right now, right beginnings of the season. Obviously, they're still looking for that mark sharpness, and obviously, they'll be training with other players there, but training in against two different things. I still think we might need somebody like, a, a, obviously, a Jermaine Defoe. I think he'll be quite good for the, the lineup, and um, somebody to get through those tough defences that we seem to have a wee bit of. Trouble we we the we live um, I think Ruth Ruth's looking a better player, but I think Ethan's uh, quite good as well. His his movement off the ball looks good. I think it's just all going to come together eventually. But it's right now. It's right now. We need we need it to come together sooner rather than later. Yeah, because Mark, there's always a bit of conjecture goes on, and people try to to read into things, but actually. And Stephen Gerrard gets a lot of praise for this about you know his, his clarity and, and how forthright he is. Sometimes you didn't need to read anything into what he said at the weekend. I mean, there was no there was no other way of interpreting it. He, he laid it out as plain as can be. You know, yeah, he, he made yeah. it easy for me to leave him out. Yeah, he, he leathered his player and, and rightly so. And, and and you know when a manager does that. And I'll refer back to the incident five Do you months think ago. Right, Mark? Think. You said rightly so. Do you think that's right? Well, if, he, if he's had enough of them, and th- this is a this publicly is a guy who, well, publicly, okay, publicly, if I'm on the Rangers board, if I'm one of the money men, I wouldn't want that because you're risking decreasing his value, because then other suitors know right, there's a wee bit of problem behind the scenes, etc. So, from a business point of view, I wouldn't do it if I'm a businessman, but from a manager's point of view, if I've had enough of them and he's upsetting the dressing room and you're trying to bed in new strikers at the Harmony in this season of all seasons. Then yeah I can see the manager's point So there's, there's two sides to it Jim as, as you know Alright thank you very much That was David In Cumbernauld 01419511025 From one David to another Turnbull Did not train for Motherwell today They've got a big Europa League qualifier Tomorrow And he didn't train As the speculation mounts That he's ever closer To joining Celtic We'll get the very latest From Stephen Robinson next 
taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141 951 1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We've got about 20 minutes to kick off. At Celtic Park Between Celtic and Ferenc Varos Remember no odds on Edward tonight It's going to be Ryan Christie And Mohamed El Yunusi Leading the attack So no natural striker for Celtic So you can keep your thoughts coming on those uh, Anything else We're on the phones and on Twitter At Clyde SSB I do have A full time teaser for you um, It's been sent in by Graham Brunton Thank you to Graham for sending it in um, A short one as well tonight We're looking for the last five Winning captains on Scottish Cup final day Who were not born in Scotland So pretty straightforward um, I think Last five winning captains on Scottish Cup final day Who were not born in Scotland The boy at Ross County He was the centre back one Half midfielder um, Oh goodness me we'll get a, Wasn't he um I've got mixed up with the no Ross County never won the Scottish Cup Jim it was the League well, Cup they well, won League Cup Jim McIntyre and, and Dodgy won the, the League and, Cup so Inverness, we're back to Inverness Inverness was it uh, Ross Draper nope so Josh Meekins no definitely one of them oh, t- oh okay I think yeah. I've got one 2016 Hibs David Gray mm-hmm. born in Scotland was he mm-hmm. of course he was Man United kid that's right hey Harder than it sounds. That's why. That's why we're only so, looking for five. Is one then Neil Lennon? Yes, Neil Lennon in two thousand and seven. Right. Well done. And I'm trying to think. I mean, Rangers, Rangers won it two or three years in a row, but I think I think we can leave it there. I think we can leave it there. Yes, well done, Amaruso. Brilliant. Ninety-nine, Amaruso. Right. Well, that's two of five. So you're ticking along oh, nicely. We'll leave oh, it there right, for okay. now. Last five winning captains on Scottish Cup final day who were not born in Scotland. As always, you can play along on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Thanks to Graham for sending it in. And your nightly reminder: we would love to have your question on the show. If you want to get involved, it's full time at Clyde One dot com. Um, you know a transfer saga is a transfer saga when it spans not one summer but two um, and obviously there have been reasons for that but Stephen Robinson says he's not sure whether David Turnbull will still be a Motherwell player when they take on Glen Torren tomorrow um, he did not train for Motherwell today so that obviously has people jumping to certain conclusions with Celtic rumoured or said to be closing in on the move uh, he says the midfielder though will be one of the best talents that Scotland has produced as a player to everyone not just to me he's, he's a top top talent one of the best talents I believe Scotland will have produced and you know no matter where he is he, he will be that talent so I can't sing his praises high enough in terms of his mentality and his talent listen we lose players every year I make no mistake David Turnbull is a top class footballer but that's the model at Motherwell that's how we survive we develop players we've developed them consistently over three and a half years we sell players every single year and we have spells where we don't win games because that's what happens when you develop players and and things go round in circles we've got eight new players in the team on Saturday that we did do when we played our last game um, against Hearts Um, so it goes round and you know sometimes it takes a little bit longer sometimes you hit the ground running and we we move on I'm delighted for the players that move on because it's tribute to the staff here and their work 
right from a young age all the way through to the first team and the staff that are here at this football club so we take that's where we get our buzz from and you know we're, we're delighted if it happens and if it doesn't then we've got a very talented boy I don't get involved in the, the money side of things he's valued at three million pound last time he's certainly still a three million pound player in my eyes um, there's quite a lot going into this one because it would be a big move anyway you've got a young Scottish talent the fee is big Jim Duffy mm. is one of our bigger clubs that are going to be trying to get him um, but Motherwell are supposed to be playing in Europe tomorrow and he didn't train and then the sides are supposed to play each other uh, on Sunday. Sunday so without fans without fans yeah but we've covered that <laughs> off we might go back to it um, what do you make of that today that he's not David Turnbull not trained for Motherwell today is it is it the foregone conclusion everyone yeah, I, th- think I think so, and I can totally understand um, from from David's point of view. I mean, he was so close the last time that it was only the medical that um, that uh, you know that scuppered you know a dream move for him. So you know, why would you take a risk of a training session when the deal is going to go through? So I, I I get it. You know, I under understand it for the boy's point of view. He was as he. You know, just just right on the, the fringes, and it would be devastating if he if he maybe trained or something happened. So I think just from a psychological point of view, you know, it would be it's important for him to for this to go through now, and there's no there's no uh, further risks to that breaking breaking down. So you know, from Stephen Robinson, he didn't you know he kind of danced around a little bit, just saying he's a top class player, and he will be a top class player. But I think when you start to mention he will be. Going forward, I think you're almost presuming it won't be at Motherwell. So, yeah, I would think that'll happen, like Mark says, before, you know, tomorrow, tomorrow or Friday at the latest. Yeah, Mark, it's, it's a move that we certainly believe is, is happening. It's in fairly advanced stages, um, but you're just getting that little, you know, that little development every day. And, and like I say, the one today is that he's not trained, and that's significant for, for Motherwell as well, because they've got a massive game that I'm sure in an ideal world they would have liked them to play in tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, for Stephen Robinson, you, you can tell that wee bit of frustration in, the, in his voice that, that, that he loses his, his top players every year. But that's what happens with, with every club. You know, Celtic could lose their top man this summer. Rangers, are, you know, could lose one of their, their top men or, or two. You know, there's a lot of interest in Ryan Kent um, as well. That's what happens. But you know, you've, you've got to take that as a as a compliment sometimes. But overall, Gordon, I'm just really happy for David Turnbull and for Motherwell. Because for Motherwell again We're talking about the perfect scenario With Rangers buying for a million Selling for 15, 16, 17, 18 Motherwell reading one of their own young players again And getting two and a half to three million quid There's no doubt there'll be a percentage You know if Turnbull turns into a, a, a Bunyama or a, or a Dembele And goes for you know 12 or 15 million quid Three or four years from now So it's brilliant for Motherwell Because we all know um, how precious uh, money is Particularly at these times So to get that We'll give uh, Alan Burrows and the board You know Some welcome comfort uh, For their finances And for the boy as well Whatever it is Quadrupling his money uh, Going to play for A massive club I think it'll be a little bit read. more than that Aye, In fact well, as well yeah. Whatever it is well, Even eight or nine times What he's on just now If not more Life changing That's yeah, for sure Well deserved for him yeah. Considering everything he's been through mm-hmm. And for him to come back And look even better In the past few weeks Than he did a year ago Speaks absolutely volumes well, like, Were you guys on the show When we had him on During yes. during lockdown Remember yeah. he came on You know yeah. and he was talking about yeah. Kind of being at rock him. bottom And, and yeah. being How tough it was mm. And the emotional moments mm. And all the rest yeah. of it And the, the lonely times So I know the way Football Revolves around rivalries mm. And whatever else Jim But if you strip it back To a purely human level exactly. let, Let's try it Just for a second yeah. um, What that must have been like For him um, Gordon you know, it's, it's, it's like You know You, you You've won the lottery and, 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 and someone's burnt your ticket. You know what I mean? You know, it's it's so, you know, a monumental 
uh, you know, opportunity to go and play, um, you know, for Celtic at that level and that age, and to have that snatched away from you right at the, you know, the final seconds of a deal going through, it was heartbreaking. So when you see something like this and, and we think it's going to go through, you're absolutely delighted, you say, completely on a human term because the boy has worked so hard, mother will have worked hard, and it looks as if eventually, a year later, or 18 months, whatever, he's going to fulfil his dream. I've actually not checked my ticket from last night now that you've reminded <laughs> me, so if you don't see me next week, you know that I've won and I'm never speaking to you two ever again. Uh, <laughs> David and Wisher, what's on your mind tonight? Hi, hello guys, thanks for taking my call. Pleasure. Uh, regarding the, the team for tonight for Celtic, I, I don't think it's squeaky bum time regarding... Austin Edward not playing. Uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be good to watch. I'm looking forward to it. It's a tactical move by Neil Lennon. Uh, obviously, he's got three strikers on the bench. Uh, Griffiths, who's one of my favourite players, he's done something. I mean, apart from being locked down and not doing his training and that, there's something else there, you know what I mean? But it'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to the game. It'll be interesting. Uh, and I hope they come up out and top anyway. Ryan Chris is a good player. And uh, looking forward to it. The other point I've got, uh, Gordon, is regarding the the crowd going to the games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just heard a snippet on the thing about they're not allowing anybody. I don't think we'll see anybody in the grounds for a good bit yet. Um, I'm definitely to get to go and see Celtic play, but I want to know the guys' views. Now they say the first thing you they're advertising about it. Don't go in crowded areas. We're not going. We're not going to see anybody in the grounds not for a long time. I hope we mm-hmm. do. But I can't hear it I just want to know the guy's views yeah, on it Well two very pertinent points tonight So let, let's split them up Let's deal with the football first um, David is, is talking about the the lineup tonight And doesn't quite think it's squeaky bum time I think was the phrase Let me ask you a bit more about it David What do you think in particular about you know Ryan Christie, El Yanoussi It looks like one of them or both of them will, will lead the attack Are they well equipped to do so? I think, I, th- I, think I think they are I, th- I, I mean I'm trying I just I just heard about uh, about an hour ago. I, I don't know. It's, it's a tactical move for Neil Lennon to do this. You know what I mean? And I hope it pays off for him. You know. But uh, I think I think he's going to he's going to go with one anyway. Definitely. You know what I mean? And I don't know the ins and outs of what's going to happen. But I'm looking forward to that. By the way, this will be good. Jim, in terms of the skill set that they've both got, if it was to be them both in some mm-hmm. sort of partnership, would would they try that traditional sort of role of? One comes deep and, and collect, another one goes in behind. Who's best suited to that, or do you think it will just be much more of a sort of fluid setup? No, I think I think there will be obviously. You've got to give a shape and a structure to the team, but of course, within that structure, you have to have that freedom of movement, particularly in the final third. You don't want to overcoach in the final third, you know, because then a structured defence can kind of match that. But so there'll be times where if they do play with the the, the two. That Christie will drop, and 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 as long as you know, Alan Uzi knows he's got to go and stretch the game. Then again, I think they're they're both good players. That you know, they they're both used to, you know, linking up the play. But they're also can finish. Both of them can finish. I mean, we've seen obviously Alan Uzi, you know, a couple of weeks ago getting a hat trick. Uh, Ryan Christie having a number of shots at uh, Seagrass had some fantastic saves at the weekend. Eventually leading up to the goal. So you know, they are they are threats at goal. So. I, for me, they're the best two options. I know James Forrest at times can play up there. But again, if, it depends if he's playing as a wing-back. He's not quite as big a threat playing as a wing-back. Um, if he starts off with the back four, and it's the kind of traditional 4-2-3-1, then Forrest and Elanoussi will come in and support Christie. 
if he plays with the, mm. the wing backs, you're relying a little bit more on the two two central players, which would be probably Elanusi and and uh, and Christie. But no, I, I'm looking forward to it. Same as David, I think it's will be a, a little bit of a, a, a tactical switch for Celtic, and it'll be interesting to see. Um, you know how, how it turns out. It's not it's not as rigid if you want to call it as, as how they normally would. Play. A lot of the discussion earlier on, David, was about Patrick Clamalla and why, as a striker who cost a few million quid and who has been there for a while and has played a, a couple of games recently, as to why he's not um, given the nod. What's your own take on it? That's Neil Lennon. That's Neil Lennon for you all over. You know what I mean? Neil Lennon will just come up with something big. You know what I mean? I. I've not, I mean, I've not seen the guy in action, only in the telly, whatever. But that's Neil Lennon all over. He'll do it his way. And good on him, you know what I mean? I've always supported Neil Lennon, whatever, whatever because he, he, played for, he played for Celtic and that, and he, he played his heart out. And if, and, and if they're not up for it, they're not playing. End of. It's as simple as that. And good luck to him for tonight. I think they'll, I think they'll do it. But uh, it'll, it'll be interesting. And by the way, Mark, that doesn't have to be... Well, it is obviously a slight on Patrick Clamalla But Neil Lennon has backed him publicly Said, you know, during lockdown he stayed He made a great effort with his English He's obviously yeah. bulked up Anyone can see that It's been quite yeah. a, a transformation um, So given that, you know, he was kind of making the right noises But he still doesn't doesn't play tonight Is well, that, is that the, just, just simply not? The onus is now on the player The onus is now on the player to go and, and improve You know, if, if like I say It'll be a wake up Call to come out because if he's like, no, oh, Edward doesn't make it, boom, I've got him in. I've got him in X in line, and he's left out. I mean, you know, Griffiths is nowhere near. Yeah, and, and, and the Jetty's got a wee, a wee bit uh, to go. He's a couple of weeks um, behind. So it's a wake up call for Kamala, and it's a test of his character mentality how he responds to that. Is he the type of guy who takes the huff, or is he the type mm. of guy that takes Knuckles a bull by the horns and goes and gives even more to show the manager that he's worthy of a place at the club? Uh, right, David raised another very uh, pertinent point for tonight where. Doesn't sound too concerned that there's been a rejection for a test event at Celtic Park at the weekend because he doesn't think we'll see fans in anytime soon, which is fine. You know, that, that, that's David's own reading of it. But again, Mark, to be accurate, the date for fans coming back in in small numbers is September the fourteenth. Uh-huh. That's not me that set that. Obviously, that's the yeah. official date. So that's I think where a bit of the confusion is coming from. It's easy for David or anyone else to sit back and say, ah, we're not getting fans in this year. Or we're, we're, but, but we are. We're supposed to be getting some in on September the 14th. So when is football getting its test event? Well, it, it, it can only be the 12th or, or not unless they, they, they can have, they, they, they alter the guidelines slightly to say, well, the, the test event will come on, on, on the weekend of the, of the 18th and they put it back. So unless they're going to get them in before that. But, but test event, not test event, just... I just hope that they let our, our, our football supporters back in as quickly as possible. They're missing football. The clubs are missing the finances. The players are missing the atmosphere inside the stadium. And, you know, getting football fans back into stadiums around the country is another signal just for society that we're heading in the right direction, which is always going to be welcome in the current circumstances. Yeah, I must admit, I can't remember if I mentioned this earlier, Jim, um, but Ross County have also proposed the Global Energy Stadium in Dingwall. They, they've... Put their hand up and said You know pick us sort of thing We're confident that we've got the infrastructure We're confident that we've got the staff Hard working staff Who've done a great job over the lockdown period And think we could contribute in a positive sense To a test event Now um, Celtic actually play in Dingwall On that Saturday the 12th So again we're, we're, we're guessing a little bit But I wonder if, if that one could be um, A potential test well, Listen I think you know, all the, you know, the, Particularly the Premiership ones One they're all seated 
and two, you know, obviously their capacity capacity levels are bigger than you know you know what's required. I mean, vastly bigger. So there's plenty of space um, to try it. Obviously, there's a lot of as we know under you know you know protocol for getting in and out stadiums and all these kind of things and facilities and, and a number of other things. Listen, it's not just as straightforward as saying, look, there's the size of the stadium. We can we can we can spread everyone out. But uh, of course, the bigger the stadium, the easier it should be. Uh, but if Ross County again want to put themselves forward, some might not. Some might think, well, I'd rather someone else done that at the moment, and then we can maybe take uh, guidance from them. I mean, Mark, I've mentioned it earlier on, but for people just joining us, we did try. We tried to get various government spokespeople uh, to come on and try and clear up, and they 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 couldn't or. Whatever the, the specific reason was We don't have them obviously So hopefully we get some answers tomorrow um, Because football and science and, and politics Have all become a little bit intertwined recently And you know we've had lots of, lots of sort of tweets and stuff Coming through tonight and saying Well why should Celtic get a test event Because balling golly didn't You know quarantine yeah. when he came back from Spain yeah. At this point none of us are Really very sure Whether that's got anything To do with it or not It, it, it might have But we don't know Because <laughs> we've not if had you are, you know, By the way if it is, I, don't think the, I don't think the government's Going to admit to that If, if sure. that is the case But look I don't think there's anything Untoward We've, we've got to believe It's for, for the right reasons But If we don't get fans Into the weekend Before the test event I think that's when It'll really kick off As in Football supporters mm-hmm. And our football clubs will, will really go to town With the government Yeah because Jim I think There's no point In enforcing this issue It's not like we Speak on behalf of everyone In, mm-hmm. in the sort of football Fraternity If it's if it's not safe Or it's not right You know Fine there becomes a point You have to hold your hands up But at the same time it, we, we should At least fight football's corner In the mm-hmm. sense that Yeah football has been Privileged Is the word you keep hearing Or, or lucky to, to get allowed to return but, but football's paying the price for that You know f- Football clubs have had yeah. to go to Extreme yeah. lengths to, to do that And that yeah. shouldn't be forgotten Yeah very expensive lengths as well More than any other business You don't get any other business Being asked to test their players Twice a week And all this kind of stuff Before they can You know Do their jobs And if you look at the, You know you know, Even again Listening to Professor Leach When he goes on He's always saying Outdoor events Because people have asked About pubs and restaurants And initially they would all have to be outdoor, like you know, uh, you know, settings. So you know, football's outdoor. You look at the expanse of the stadiums. I mean, you know, we're looking at the TV tonight with Celtic. Um, you know, getting ready to play. You know, the huge stadium. You're thinking, what, what, five or ten thousand people couldn't go in there? Of course. By the way, the number at the moment we're talking about is one thousand yeah. or seven hundred. But but it's. Yeah. I mean, you see it and you think, well, it's an outdoor event. It's much much lower risk. You know, there's. I don't know how many turntables There must be 100 round the stadium You know it's, it must be Possible to do uh, Let's go back to Celtic Park Quickly before kick off And uh, usually you soak in The atmosphere I don't think they play mm-hmm. The Champions League music At this stage do they Alison But either way It'll be a very different um, European night for you tonight Yeah they don't play The Champions League music But Celtic are making sure That they're making Plenty of noise for the few people that are in the stadium for this one obviously is the second qualifying round of the Champions League Celtic hoping to continue their journey in this competition if it does end in defeat tonight they will drop into the Europa League but um, Celtic and Neil Lennon hoping that that will not be the case and right in full flow the, someone's pulled the plug um, don't worry we'll get kick off I'll recap the teams and kick off coming next number one for football in Glasgow and the West 0141 951 1025 Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard
Game underway at Celtic Park Between Celtic and Ferenc Varos No odds on Edward tonight We'll keep you up to speed on anything that happens In the opening period Before we are on our way There's still time to get calls in though 01419511025 We do have work to do On this teaser now Graham Brunton has sent it in It's full time At Clyde1.com That's the address you need if you want involved Graham says Can you name The last five winning captains on Scottish Cup final day Who were not born in Scotland Not born So Was Richard Goff then He wasn't born in Scotland was he? Yeah but Richard Goff was born in South Africa Yeah was, so he wasn't uh, born yeah, in you're Scotland right, You're right then So Goffy 90 Richard Goff yes. Against Hearts Is it not Sweden he was born? I don't know anyway, Doesn't matter He right. wasn't uh, born yeah, in Scotland yeah. Anyway, so, he wasn't born in Scotland. So is, is Richard Goff one then? Richard Goff is one. Right. We thought it was the Richard Goff. You've, you've got Richard Goff, Lorenzo Amoruso, Neil Lennon, and Arthur Newman, two thousand Rangers v Aberdeen. Brilliant. Well done. Okay, one to get. So you've got plenty of time. We will leave it there. Jim, can you garner anything from Celtic setup so far in terms of up front, particularly? Yeah, well, obviously Ryan Christie's definitely playing as the as the higher up, uh, as the striker, um, and we look as if I mean, just from from what we can see, it looks if like they're playing a back four. But uh, it's, it's it's difficult. Don't get me wrong. I mean, uh, to to see exactly um, if that's the case. But at the moment, Celtic, as you would expect, even without the the support there, are dominating the the, the ball. And uh, even in the first two or three minutes, um, Celtic has you know most of possession. Fair to say that Ferenc Varos aren't. Uh, would this be a, a medium block instead of a low block? They're not sitting all the way back, are they? <laughs> yeah, you get a midline. You know, you do get a midline, Gordon. So I, I like I a midline as a manager. Edge, no. no, as a manager, I do. I like a midline. I don't like it too low because I invite it, and I don't like mm-hmm. it too high. Like Bayern Munich played right up at halfway line. You've got to be really quick players and read the game really well. Then, but um, yeah, I mean, I think that. Uh, you know, they, they look certainly look as if they're trying to push up when Celtic defenders have it. They're not wanting to get Celtic uh, building from the back and they, they're trying to squeeze the game a little bit. Yeah, I mean, even looking at the position Callum McGregor was in, Jim, he's often able to sort of drop in there and take the ball off the centre-backs, mm-hmm. but he had someone right up his backside, so... Yeah. Um, uh, Is that a technical term? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, sort of. Um, so it's better than a low block. <laughs> usually the stats, the stats come after the game, but um, I noticed one of interest, and in this day and age, you... Talk about players moving so frequently and so on. 400th Celtic appearance for James Forrest tonight. Tonight he's 400th. Wow, it's not a bad innings, is it? Yeah, yeah. But sort of, you know, for a guy who's come through the system, what he's contributed in the past uh, decade. Mm. Yeah, absolutely uh, terrific. Well done. And of course, he still to this day divides opinion on this show like like nothing else, Jim. It's um, ridiculous that he divides nice. it. Absolutely ridiculous. I, I don't get it myself. Just to, just to <laughs> say that scores. he's got the first shot and target and the keeper parries it away. It didn't look the most comfortable save in the world. It was one of those ones I think he could have just have comfortably caught it, but they say that they just, just swap swat it away, which sometimes the continental goalkeepers do. But yeah, I mean James Forrest. I mean, listen, I don't know. He's got 20, 20 uh, winners medals or something like that something outrageous he's got you know so many you know uh, winners medals and the goals he scored for a winger you know nah, I don't I don't think you can criticise him I think the the difficulty is is um, sometimes errors you know depending who's giving an opinion someone a little bit older likes to see their wingers you know going at full backs and taking them on and getting crosses in but it's a different game yeah. now and it's yeah. been a different game for the last maybe 10 years or so and James Forrest has adapted to that Initially, when he did come at first, he wasn't out, out, hold the touchline, chalk on the boots type of winger. But he's but he's he's became a much 
rounded player now and a very good finisher and, and in a lot in high profile games as well and from one winger to the next how's that for a smooth transition just mm-hmm. a piece of a f- football news uh, to bring you from today which I, th- I think a lot of people will be interested in because he's such an important player Martin Boyle has signed a new Hibs deal until the summer of 2023 now there was a mm-hmm. lot of um, interest I'm sure a lot of speculation as to whether he would stay or not and that's the good news that Jack Ross and the Hibs fans were after yeah, it's great, great news for for Bern. He's been a, a pivotal player for them. You know, a winger that, that, that's really brought consistency into his game the past couple of years. Called up by, by Australia, and look, that that's one of those ones where it's great for the boy because he'll, he'll have enhanced his his wages every week, which is great for him. And for Hibs, it means that if need be, if there's interest, they can maybe command a, a higher fee off, or maybe they've got a, you know a chunky fee mm-hmm. like a, a get out fee written into the contract. So every everybody wins out it. So that's it's great news. Yeah, I mean again a really good player. He's been, you know, another one. We're talking about young David Tumble earlier on. It's unfortunately you know had a, I think he had two um, yeah, crucial so. ligaments. You know, so for for him to come through that and still retain that unbelievable pace he's got because sometimes you get those type of injuries. It just takes it a half a yard, but for from uh, Martin Boyle's case, that hasn't been the case. And again, he can play as a striker. He can play either wing, and on a rare occasion, he has actually played as a wing back. So you know, uh, terrific um, business for everyone concerned uh, to Burnley, and I think the fans will be absolutely delighted with that. Celtic with all the pressure in the opening six minutes, and all of a sudden, Ferenc Varos broke, and they've now got themselves a corner. Jim's that uh, an early. Yeah. Um, reminder yeah. of what they're capable of. Yeah, of course. And uh, I mean, I have to say that uh, you know, again, reading the game by Scott Brown, Julian got dragged out in an area, and and Scott Brown fills in for him. And we you know we see that time and time again with Scott Brown. He, he does that that job, you know, with his eyes shut and very very important. But yeah, you know, Celtic have to be careful, as we mentioned before, that they don't give away, you know, anything cheap uh, and allow Finnish Varus to gain confidence from that. Yeah Marcus How many times over the years has, And Ooh. Celtic have gone a goal behind It's a stunning strike You have to say um, From Ferenc Varos Seager it was 25 yards out Let rip with the right boot Barkas at full stretch Couldn't get near it Wonderful opening goal A lot of work to do for Celtic now Celtic nil Ferenc Varos won Gordon The defending there is absolutely appalling Nobody pressed the ball The guy had an option to slip it Out wide for somebody running Look at them Look at Scott Brown's having to try and mark three players what a finish it is by the way It's a stunning finish But Celtic have not pressed the ball Neil Lennon will be mm. absolutely furious And Jim It's a nightmare start Because all the focus before the game There is no odds in Edward mm. There's no crowd there to lift you That can work in two ways Because there's no crowd to get frustrated either um, But seven minutes gone A goal down in a fixture like this and Neil Lennon will not be impressed at all. No, because the first time at uh, Ferenc Varas nicked the ball, got the pitch, got the corner, as we said. Celtic didn't deal with it properly because I thought it was quite a poor corner. I think he should have cleared mm-hmm. it better. But it was a kind of scuff clearance. It came to the edge of the box or maybe 30 yards out. And Ferenc Varas, as, as, as Mark said, too much time and space. I think Scott Brown's in two minds. Does it, do I go and press it? If I press it too early, I can slip it to the white guy. But sometimes you've just got to do that. You've just got to make them play another pass. But it was a terrific finish and absolutely you know you know give Barkas no chance but the, the worst possible start from Celtic the only you know, say a good thing but the only thing you can have mm-hmm. in their favourite is that there's, there's there's 80 odd minutes to go uh, and it's not two legged because if you if you're getting away goal then that would actually probably make you even a bit more nervous but Celtic with plenty of time to try and um, retrieve the situation Yeah that is obviously true Mark I don't think Ferenc Faros will want to camp in for 82 minutes but 
you know, if if it does become frustrating for Celtic and the players will be aware that Odson Edwards not there to help them out that hole, it could turn into a difficult night. So I'm sure Neil Lennon will want a, a fast response. Yeah, he, he, he will. And looking at that one thing about Ferenc Varas, I think Celtic will score. I've no doubt. But but there's another goal in Ferenc Varas as well. They're very comfortable in the ball. Uh, they're, they're clearly potent when it comes to to um, to the counter. Attack, but I think Celtic will, will score. Gordon, this wouldn't surprise me. Uh, the away goal doesn't count, obviously, because it's a one-off tie. This wouldn't surprise me if it's a if it's a two-each extra time job. Wow, long night ahead then, according to Mark Guidi. Um, we were, we were on Martin Boyle, and just to round it off, because it, it deserves the praise. I don't know if you've seen it, but they announced it by editing. You know the famous Wolf of Wall Street scene yeah, where he oh takes yeah. the mic, Leonardo DiCaprio, mm. and he says, "I'm not leaving." And there are a few swear words in there. I'm going. No, I'm not leaving. And that's what they did. And they put Martin Boyle's face on it, and they had all the other Hibs players kind of sitting in the the, the, the office watching. So it was pretty funny. I wanted to give that that the mention it deserved. Um, I think that takes us up just to about the end of the show. So we've got work to do on the teaser. Let me remind you: full time at Clyde1.com. That's the address you need to hear your question read out. Graham says the last five winning captains on Scottish Cup final day who were not born in Scotland. So you've got Neil Lennon most recently, 2007. That's of your answers. Arthur Newman, 2000. Lorenzo Amoruso, 99. And the key there, not born in Scotland. You've got Richard Goff from 96. That means you've got one to get. Are we missing that Hearts from 2006? No. No. All right. So how? So we can back to the nineties. No. 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 So we must be going to Inverness, Captain, no. two thousand fifteen. You are missing Hearts from twenty twelve. Ah, right. So they beat Hibs. Was that a five-one game? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, was, was Christoph um, Bear up on somewhere else? No. no. Who was Ooh. the captain? I can't even think. You know, so I know. it wasn't really Scatchel or something like that. Was no. it? No. I'm, I'm needing a clue Do you know what it's, it's not that obscure I think once you get it You'll you will kick yourself So Moved on Is he a boy Australian? No He's Lithuanian You won't be surprised to hear Lithuanian Also played for Rangers Oh, oh. Um, Yeah Big uh, The big uh, mm-hmm. Big the, striker the, 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 No no, no, no oh. Defender Oh Jankowskis No, no that's no, the striker no, 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 no. That's, that's the striker I think um, he went to Leeds down south, didn't he, as well? Yeah. Oh, for goodness sake. I'm thinking of Gordon Petridge, but it's not. So he was no, in the, I, I can picture him. Before. You want his initials, don't you? Yeah. M. Z. Knocking each other out the way to get in. Marius Zaliukis. Interesting night ahead for Celtic. They trail 11 minutes on the clock. Celtic nil, Ferenc Varos 1. Interesting. Interesting post-match analysis to come tomorrow night So join us from 6 with Mark and Gordon Callum Gallagher is up next